I'm not going to try to speak for you, my friend, but I really want to have a peaceful home. I really want my life to be low stress, low drama, (laughs) to be peaceful and comfortable and enjoyable. So I'm not going to assume that you want the same thing. No, that's, let me, let me back that up. I'm not going to tell you that you want the same thing, but I am going to assume that you want the same thing. I think we all want a peaceful home. We want more peace in our life, with our family, in our schedule. We live in such a busy and chaotic and overwhelming world. We really need our home life to be as peaceful as possible to lift us up, to rejuvenate us and refresh us and send us back out to make a difference in the world for God's glory without totally losing ourselves in the process. And so today we're going to talk about peace. How do we find peace in our home, in our family life? I'm going to share five things that disrupt our peace. I have seen all of these happen as a counselor. I have seen them impact my own life and my friends' lives. What are these things that disrupt our peace? And then we're going to talk about some practical steps to bring the peace back, to reestablish a peaceful home and family environment. So I am really excited about this conversation. I know last week in episode 62, where we talked about yelling at our kids, and in the intro I said, I'm not excited for this conversation. That's not a fun part of life when we mess up and lose our cool But it is, in my opinion, a very fun part of life, a very fun conversation to reflect and think on how to bring more peace into our life. So my friends, that is where we are going. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast, where we help women grow godly relationships, grateful hearts, and grace-filled lives. I'm Jess, and I'm a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, And I believe that God creates us for relationships, relationship with him and with each other. So if you're looking to love God well, to love yourself, your family, and those around you well, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. So my goal today, friends, is that this is a really practical episode. (laughs) It can sound very kind of abstract and like, makes me think of like hippies with flowers and the sun in your hair to think about, oh, peace in our home and our family life. But I really like practical action steps. And so we're going to be practical today. We're going to talk about five things that disrupt our peace and four things that we can do to get it back. So you are going to walk away with some tangible ideas about how to bring more peace into your home life, your family life, your relationships with people, That is where we are going today, and I am excited for this conversation. So I will kick us off with my usual disclaimer that I'm a therapist, and I've worked with many families on peacefulness, or probably really the lack thereof, in their home, in their marriage, in their family. Um, So yes, I am a licensed therapist. That is a lot of where my perspective is coming from here, but this podcast is not therapy. None of the resources from Love Your People Well is professional or personal advice. And I do hope it's helpful and informational, but I always want us to be on the same page. This is not 
therapy. It's not specific to your situation. Check out the link in the podcast description um, for a little more of my thoughts on finding a good counselor or mental health in general, if that's something you think would be helpful for you. So as we jump into our conversation about creating a more peaceful home environment, I think we need to start by asking ourselves, what does peace look like? Because on some level, all of us would answer that question differently. I I said at the intro, I really want to be a low stress, low drama person. But I know some people that thrive on drama that really love what I would call drama. You know, they probably do have a different word for it that that maybe has a little little more positive spin. Um, But you know, some people really are extroverted and they want to be out there and connecting with people all the time. Well, me personally, I tend to be more introverted. So peace in my home, peace in my family life, I might place a higher emphasis on individual time, um, personal quiet time, more so than somebody who loves loudness and, and talking and people and, you know, so think about for yourself, what does peace look like? What are the things when you imagine I come home after a busy day and I can just, oh, I can just relax. My life is peaceful. You know, what would that look like for you? That is a good question for all of us to reflect on. But there are a few things that I think are biblically true about what peace looks like in our home life, in our family life. Um, And first and foremost, what that would look like it needs to include a relationship with the Lord because scripture is very clear that ultimately our peace comes from God. And I will share two specific Bible verses that highlight that for us so that we can, again, have a right perspective on what peace looks like. In the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus is wrapping up a long conversation with his disciples and he's about to be crucified and he tells them, I have told you these things so that in me, Jesus, in me, you will have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And what a good reminder that is for us, my friends, that peace does not come from the lack of trouble necessarily. Peace comes from knowing Jesus and the victory that we have in Christ. And similar to that, if we turn ahead to the letter to the Philippians in chapter four, and we see this passage about how do we handle anxiety, difficult situations. So in verse seven, it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And again, we are reminded, we don't need to be anxious about anything. We don't need to stress out about the troubles of the world. The peace that we're looking for, ultimately, we won't even understand it because it comes from God and it guards our hearts and it guards our minds. So, you know, your vision of like this peaceful, relaxing home environment might look different from mine. But if we truly want to experience peace, we need to be resting in and leaning on the Lord. And then some other pieces that I would highlight for us about what peace should look like biblically we all should agree we will have a more peaceful home environment if we are low conflict and positively communicating with each other if we have good communication healthy communication that is more peaceful and typically it will also include 
some emotional components. Peace makes us feel comfortable, feel relaxed. We feel a sense of belonging where we are. We feel a level of confidence about who we are and what we're doing. And, you know, the world might be crazy and confusing, but this place makes us feel comfortable and welcome and confident. So whatever your vision of peace might look like, it needs to include those elements, that intimacy with the Lord, healthy communication with the people around us, and an emotional sense of comfort and relaxation. So with that picture in our minds, that lovely picture of a peaceful, oh, peaceful life, let's talk about five things that disrupt our peace. And now that I'm here, I think at the introduction, I mentioned five things that disrupt our peace and four things we can do to get it back. And I'm not really sure why I wrote down the number four, because, because really, let's all just laugh at Jessica and her lack of organization sometimes. Uh, really, we're going to talk through five things that disrupt our peace. But for everything that disrupts our peace, we will talk about a practical action step to get it back to win that peace back in the name of Jesus Christ for the good of our family with whatever that specific issue is. So I, I don't know why I said that at the beginning about four things we can do to get it back. We will have a specific action step for each of these five disruptions to our peace. So the first one um, actually takes us back to Philippians chapter four, anxiety and worry are incredibly powerful at disrupting our peace. And the worst part is it's inside our own head. And yes, it usually uh, plays out in our interactions or the words that we speak to other people or like our nonverbals, tapping our foot a lot or pacing. But ultimately, anxiety and worry is happening in our own head and it prevents that sense of peace, that sense of I'm comfortable here, I can relax here, I can just rest in the Lord Anxiety and worry disrupt our peace. And a specific action step that we can take to get back our peace comes from Philippians chapter 4. So I've already mentioned verse 7, which tells us that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. That is happening, according to this, this passage here, that is happening as a result of how we handle our anxiety. The passage is not saying you'll never feel anxious. It's saying you don't need to be anxious. And when you are, when you experience that, that sense of anxiety, that sense of worry in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So we see some clear action steps here. If anxiety and worry is stealing the peace from your home environment. And maybe that's for you personally, or maybe it's for your husband or your kids. I mean, we live in a stressful world. If your kids are attending school and interacting with their friends, they probably have some level of anxiety and worry. And so whether it's us or the people we love, we want to respond to that by coming before the Lord, making a gratitude list, focusing on not what's making us anxious, but what are we thankful for? <laughs> Telling God what we are thankful for and presenting our requests to God, whatever it is that's making us anxious. If we can take that from a spiraling thought in our heads and present it as a specific request to God, 
that goes a long way in rejecting the anxiety and inviting the peace of God. And then if we continue here in chapter 4 of Philippians into verses 8 and 9, we see the power of our thought life. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And clearly, anxiety, because so much of it is in our own heads or in you know, our kids, whoever it is that's struggling, we need to change that thought process. And when the thought pops up of, oh my gosh, I'm so worried about blah, 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 blah. And really, if you're struggling with anxiety, that, that blah, blah, blah could last for hours. <laughs> it can last a long time. We need to say, wait a minute, pause, maybe not pause, stop, just outright stop and redirect our thoughts to something true and noble and right and pure and lovely. Maybe that means pulling out the Bible and reading scripture in that moment. Maybe it means turning to our husband and saying, hey, tell me something amazing about your day. What was the highlight of your day? Shifting our focus and our thoughts and maybe our conversation away from the anxiety and toward things that are excellent and praiseworthy and good. Okay, and that takes us to conflict. One of the things that disrupts our peace most easily is conflict. (laughs) And I am confident that you have experienced this because we simply cannot feel rested and relaxed and comfortable with the world if we're in the middle of conflict, with, especially with someone who is important to us, with our kids or with our husband or with a good friend, conflict steals our peace. And I think we can turn to Romans chapter 12 for some biblical encouragement here in verse 18, which tells us, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And yes, there is an acknowledgement here that we can't control relationships. We can't control the other person, but we can control ourselves. And the more that we can fight back against conflict, the more we can bring peace back into our homes and our family life. And so some practical action steps here. If conflict or negative communication is stealing the peace in your home, one practical step is simply to bite your tongue. Now I say simply because that is a very simple action step. That doesn't mean it's easy. I am not saying it's easy. But if you stop arguing, if you stop making that last point, that will change the dynamic, that will change the interaction. And I do have a specific resource to help you with this, a freebie from Love Your People Well, the Conflict Resolution Checklist, which is purposefully designed so that if you notice, like, I'm getting tense, things are getting heated over here, pull out the checklist and just walk through the steps. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to get lost in your emotions. It will guide you in how to pause and bite your tongue and change the conversation to remove conflict from your family life. So that's, you know, I guess that's another practical step. Get the checklist and pull it out when you need it. But to pause and bite your tongue to control your own part of the conflict is going to go a long way. 
And then a second practical action step here, if conflict is stealing the peace from your home environment, is to take time to deal with the deeper root issues of the conflict. And typically, in my experience as a marriage and family therapist and as a Christian, typically the two root issues have something to do spiritually, um, something to do with my anger issues or my selfishness issues or something, something personal with the Lord. And then a second root issue tends to be something in the relationship or our thoughts and beliefs about the relationship. If we have kind of this nagging suspicion that my husband is just not putting in his best effort into our marriage and into our home, that thought is going to come out with a lot of conflict. Now, all of a sudden, every time the trash is piling up, I'm going to blame my husband. Or every time he comes home late from work, I'm going to assume that he was you know, avoiding coming home. I'm going to make assumptions that are negative. Now, they might be true. I don't know your relationship, but a lot of times they're not true. It's just ourselves jumping to conclusions. And so if conflict is a problem in your home life, one practical step is to control yourself, bite your tongue, use the free conflict resolution checklist. And then a second step is to try to figure out and deal with those root issues. Um, what might be going on in your marriage or something in the relationship that needs to be dealt with and what might be going on spiritually. And we do have, would love your people well, um, a 40-day devotional on anger and emotional control. And so if some of those spiritual deeper issues are a part of conflict, you might find that 40-day devotional a really helpful resource. All right, let's look at the third item on our list here that disrupts the peace in our home and our family life. And that is the issue of pain. And maybe a little more specifically there, um, the issue where there's some unforgiveness or a lack of healing. And a lot of times that's relational. When we think about our home environment, if we have some lingering hurt from a relationship, um, and maybe that's a rebellious teenager, maybe that's your husband not putting in his full effort into the marriage, uh, maybe that's an issue from your past, from how your relationship looked with your dad when you were growing up. There could be any number of things, but if we are holding on to some pain and there's a lack of healing or a lack of forgiveness, that is going to disrupt the peace in our life. And as we think biblically about this issue, I would encourage you to read and pray through Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses, I think it's like 22 to 24, where Jesus is telling us that if we're angry with our brother and sister, uh, we're subject to judgment. If we're offering our gift at the altar and we remember that our brother or sister has something against us, leave your gift there and first go and be reconciled to them. Jesus does not want us to live in a relationship with unforgiveness and a lack of healing. So the practical step that I would encourage here, if if this is stealing the peace from your home, there's pain and hurt that you're holding on to, this is not an easy action step. Let's just acknowledge that up front. <laughs> but have the hard conversation about forgiveness. Now, if you're ready, hopefully that could be a conversation with the actual other person to go and have a conversation acknowledging 
this situation or this thing that happened hurt me. This is how I'm struggling with it. Um, You probably want to identify your talking points ahead of time because emotions are going to get high. (laughs) Um, But if you think you're ready to have that actual with the person conversation, talk through what happened, offer forgiveness. Now, that doesn't mean you're like, oh, forgive and forget. It never happened. Um, We actually have an episode coming up soon about is it even possible and realistic to forgive and forget? Um, But to have that conversation to decide on forgiveness and then lean on the Lord to help you do that. So having that hard conversation is going to help restore peace. And if you're not ready to go have that conversation with them, then at this point, it is a spiritual issue. It's an issue for prayer, prayer for your heart to be softened and healed and comforted by the Lord, prayer for the other person, maybe to be convicted of what happened or to be themselves emotionally preparing for a conversation. We cannot forgive without the help of the Lord. And so maybe you're ready to have the hard conversation with the person. That's great. But maybe right now the hard conversation is with the Lord. Why did you let this happen? Help me to restore the relationship. Help me to forgive. Whatever you're struggling with, take that to the Lord and it will be moving you back toward peace. And then a third action step here, depending on what's happened, you know, especially if there has been trauma in your past or if there's an ongoing um, area that needs healing, maybe an ongoing addiction issue or something in your family life, um, that those are times when seeking professional help to deal with the pain, to find healing might be really helpful. And again, you can find some thoughts and ideas about how to find a great professional support, a counselor at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash counseling. The fourth thing that I want to talk about today that disrupts our peace is stress and busyness. Now, don't try to tell me, mama, that your schedule is not busy because you're a human in the year 2022 or maybe even in the future and life is busy. We have to be very intentional to not overschedule ourselves, our kids, our family. And um, what really helps me to fight back against the temptation toward busyness and the resulting stress that comes from it, the stress is not a temptation, but if I give in to some busyness, the stress is almost a guaranteed result at some point. And yes, it steals my peace. And the verse of scripture that really helps me fight back against this is also in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 33 and 34. And Jesus, again, he's talking, this is the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, but, no, he's been talking about worry. Don't be worried. God takes care of the birds. God takes care of the flowers. He's going to take care of you. And he says, but you know, instead of running and chasing and stressing and worrying about all these things, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I find this so helpful as that reminder that I don't want to be adding trouble into the days to come by overfilling them, by being stressed out and worried about a lot of stuff. I want to have a life where I can seek first God's kingdom and trust that he's got it. He's going to give me what I need. He's going to take care of things. 
So memorizing that scripture might be a first action step. (laughs) Um, But what I would highlight here, two action steps to help us fight back against stress and busyness, stealing the peace from our home and our family. The first action step is to have a family schedule or let me maybe not schedule a family rhythm like we generally know what our days look like. We generally know uh, what the calendar looks like. It's not constantly changing. We're not adding new things all the time. And in that schedule, in that rhythm, in that calendar, whatever you want to call it, keep some white space, my friends. Keep some white space. And maybe that's simply unscheduled. Like we can fill it with a fun activity if we want to. We can do a random trip to the beach, or we can do a random trip to the ice cream shop. (laughs) Or maybe it's just white space where you can all sit on the couch and do nothing. Or you can catch up on some house projects or, you know, however you want to use it. If every moment is full, you don't have the space to catch up on things or to rest or to have some fun, random activities. So that is action step number one. Have a family rhythm, but keep some white space to it. And action step number two is to hold that schedule, that rhythm, that calendar, hold it loosely. Do not tie your sense of identity to how full your schedule is. Do not let your sense of peace, your sense of the world is right and everything is going well, do not let that be tied to what you do or do not accomplish in the day. So this is definitely a spiritual issue, um, definitely a mental health issue, how you think about yourself, how you think about the world. And, um, and I'll, I'll just toss out one kind of practical tool that I use that helps me to do these action steps, that helps me have my schedule, my rhythm to the day, keep some white space in it, hold it loosely. Um, I use a planner, a weekly planner called the Hope Planner. And it really helps me to keep these action steps in place because specifically because it combines a prayer journal and a spiritual focus on God with kind of your classic planner. And so I find that really helpful that first and foremost, every day I'm looking at my prayer list, I'm reflecting on the scriptures and the things that I'm learning with the Lord, and then I'm looking at oh yeah, I have that appointment today. Oh yeah, this is on my to-do list. And so it really helps me keep things in perspective. So that's just an idea. I will put a link to that. Really, there's links all of, I've mentioned a few resources. <laughs> Conflict Resolution, 40-Day Devotional, The Hope Planner. Uh, you can find links for all of these in the podcast description, as well as in the show notes, which is at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 063. So lots of resources. I will also link to some other episodes that are kind of about this topic. Uh, But that is our fourth peace stealer. (laughs) And our fifth one that we're going to close out with today is the reality of sin. Sin disrupts our peace. And it does this in three ways. I mean, we've already mentioned John chapter 16, verse 33, where Jesus promises us, in this world, you will have trouble. We have trouble in life because of sin, because the world is broken by the original sin. But sin also, maybe in a more tangible way, steals our peace today because we, even when we try not to, we sometimes sin against other people. 
especially our family members, and other people sin against us. And that causes a lot of harm. It can cause a lot of anxiety and conflict and pain and stress. I mean, all these other things are tied to it. But at the end of the day, sin and the reality of it in our home and in our family disrupts our peace. So here are some practical action steps for how to deal with that. First of all, reading through the Beatitudes. So this is in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, where Jesus is saying, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are those who mourn. That is a really helpful place to start, to see what is the attitude and the character of the person who Jesus says is blessed. And so that is a great place in scripture to start. We also need the practical action step of daily spiritual disciplines. And some of the resources I've already mentioned, um, specifically our 40-day devotional on anger and emotional control and the Hope Planner, those really help me. (laughs) Those are purposely designed for that kind of daily spiritual disciplines, those habits that keep us focused on God. Now, whatever tools you have that you like to use, whatever Bible plan you're using or whatever, that's all fine. That's all good. The issue is, are we leaning into God every single day? And if we are, we are a lot more likely to deal with sin, our own sin and other people's sin in a way that honors Christ, in a way that builds unity and that brings forgiveness and healing and brings peace back into our home. So yes, sometimes with sin, we want to jump to well, you did this, or even ourselves, I did this, I need to apologize. That's all maybe important, depending on how we handle that. <laughs> but it all starts with the reality that sin is an offense against God. And our only solution to sin is found in Jesus. And so we need those daily spiritual habits if we want to stop sin from stealing the peace of our home. And then the second practical action step here. I guess it's the third. Read through, pray through the Beatitudes. It's a good place to start. Those daily spiritual habits. And then when there is a specific sin issue, talk about it with God and with someone you trust. Now, hopefully that's the person, you know, you, your husband said something cruel, mean, inappropriate. Hopefully you can go and have a conversation with him. But that might not be possible. I don't know. You know, there are definitely times in a marriage where we need the the help of an outsider, our pastor or a trusted friend or a marriage counselor to come in and help us resolve the pain that that sin has caused. Or maybe it's your own sin. We talked last week about yelling at our kids. And if you find that, gosh, every day I'm losing my cool, I'm yelling at my kids, I'm raising my voice, that's not the type of mom I want to be. Talk about that with God. Talk about that with your husband or your pastor or your friends or maybe a counselor. Talk about it and try to deal with it with help and support. We cannot stop sin from impacting our lives. That's simply not going to be a reality in this life, in this world. But we can deal with it in a way that invites God in and protects our family's sense of peace, that sense of intimacy with God and healthy communication and feeling emotionally welcomed and confident and comfortable and relaxed. 
So I don't know, my friends, which of these five things might be stealing the peace in your home right now, in your life. We talked about anxiety and worry. We talked about conflict, the pain that we sometimes hold on to where there's a lack of healing or a lack of forgiveness. We talked about stress and busyness. And we talked about sin, the sin that that really is all around us, not to mention in us. But there are practical action steps that can help us tackle all of these issues. And I am going to have some posts in the Facebook group this week. Of course, you're always welcome to hop in and say, oh my gosh, I'm struggling with anxiety, please help, or whatever your issue might be. Um, but this week in particular, if you're listening in real time, we are going to be having some good conversations about these things that disrupt our peace. I'm going to be having some Facebook lives to dig into some of these areas. And so if you're not in our Facebook group yet, you totally want to join my friend. It's easy. It's free. Private community where we are encouraging each other and equipping each other. And so um, definitely hop in if you find that you're struggling with any of these five areas that we talked about today. But that's all I have for today. I hope that you'll hop back on with us for our Friday faith follow-up. We are going to be talking about why does Jesus say, blessed are the peacemakers? That is a bold statement, Jesus. Why are you saying that? And we're going to talk about how can I become one of those peacemakers in my home? So that's going to be a really fun kind of deep dive into that specific beatitude from Matthew chapter 5. So I hope you will hop back on on Friday to join us there. And um, and I hope you'll check out some of the resources I mentioned. Again, you can find them all online, loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 063. I will have a ton of links. You can grab whatever resources you want. And my friends, that is all I have for us today. Hit the follow button or the subscribe button if you haven't done that yet so that you don't lose track of this podcast and share it with a friend. That's always encouraging. And if you haven't left a written review of the podcast, I would love it. It is like one of my favorite things. (laughs) They send you an email, FYI, they send an email where they're like, oh, you got this new review. And it's always so encouraging. It's so helpful. I really want to know how I can best serve you and help your family with this podcast. So a written review is the best way to do that. And I would love to get that email this week saying you have a new review. That's always so much fun. But for now, my friends, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon. Hey friend, before you go, if this episode was helpful or encouraging for you, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. It not only encourages me, it helps other women connect with this community. And you know what else? You have a chance right now to love your friends well. Copy the link to this episode and send it in a text to someone who you know needs to hear today's conversation. Or just take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at loveyourpeoplewell.